Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. Title 42, the border policy that was put in place during the pandemic to turn asylum seekers away, ends tonight. Officials are expecting a surge of migrants at the border, and U.S. Customs and Border Protection is already keeping 400 migrants in a makeshift camp in San Isidro, between the primary and secondary border walls. KPBS's Gustavo Solis says the migrants are receiving little help from the government. This makeshift camp began growing days before the federal government lifts Title 42. There have been people that will come here and they will see and they can't believe that this is happening on U.S. soil. They can't believe that people are being treated as terribly as they are. Pedro Rios is a volunteer with American Friends Service Committee. He's been coming to the border every day to give food and supplies to the people being kept between the border walls. There are even pregnant women and young children here. Members of Congress, including Juan Vargas, sent a letter to Customs and Border Protection saying they are, quote, appalled by the mistreatment of migrants. This type of detention appears to violate CBP's own short-term detention standards. Those rules say that detainees are to be held in rooms that are safe, secure, and clean. Alonso Alegre is one of the people being held outside. He used to own a business in Colombia, but fled to the U.S. with his wife and kids after criminals and local police officers tried to kidnap him. Me dijo, Papa, tú querías venir para Estados Unidos para vivir como vagabundos y en Colombia estábamos súper bien. No le pude explicar, se me llorociaron los ojos, la verdad. He told me that his seven-year-old son asked him, why did we come to the U.S. just to end up like bums? We were well off in Colombia. Alegre said he didn't have an answer for his kid. He just started crying. That was KPBS reporter Gustavo Solis. Customs and Border Protection did not respond to questions about the camp. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. 
Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Today marks the end of the COVID-19 federal public health emergency. But for people who are affected by long COVID, it's not the end of the pandemic. Many have lost their jobs, have no means of income, and are relying on disability checks to survive. But getting approved for long-term disability is becoming a major roadblock. The California Report's Keith Mizuguchi explains. Chris Pham lived in San Francisco when the city shut down in March of 2020. It was around that time when he believes he contracted COVID-19. He thought he might be sick for a week or two, but his conditions lingered, and he knew something was wrong when he went out for a run. After mile one, uh, I can remember really thinking, wow, something is totally wrong with my body. And I broke into a cold sweat, and I couldn't, I just couldn't run anymore. Like many others with long COVID, Pham is young and healthy. He'd run as much as five miles a day, competing in triathlons, and working out almost daily. As head of sales for a startup, Pham says he tried to go back to work immediately. Yeah, I found it almost impossible. I was passing out in the middle of the day after one or, or two meetings, and it would cause and trigger my long COVID symptoms. He was left fighting for disability benefits. The state's Employment Development Department has had challenges with fraud, settling unemployment claims, and sometimes even answering the phones. But Pham says his problems were actually with insurers once he filed for long-term disability. The process was uh, extremely difficult to receive the funds. Even though it was approved, the disability company would often come back and say it needs review. And this happened every single month. Right? So they would only approve the benefit one month at a time. So I had, I had no certainty on how to plan. With so much financial precariousness, he was forced to move to Arizona in with his parents. He says without their support, he might have ended up out on the streets. Part of the problem for patients, there's no single definition of what long COVID is, and there's no singular test to determine if you have long COVID. Insurance companies have denied claims for this reason, saying research hasn't shown whether treatments will work and are a medical necessity. Dr. David Petrino is with Mount Sinai in New York. The CDC and the World Health Organization encourage a clinical diagnosis of long COVID. And yet the payers and the people who are denying benefits to people with long COVID always say the same thing. Oh, you don't have enough evidence. We don't have an objective test to prove that you're sick. Petrino has worked with thousands of long COVID patients and knows some of what they're going through. Please let us stop asking sick people to prove to us that they're sick. For Chris Pham, who's had long COVID for more than three years now, he spent months fighting for long-term disability benefits after they were terminated. And in January, he finally won his appeal. His attorney, Cassie Springer Ayeni, says garnering long-term disability benefits can be a lifesaver for people with long COVID. These benefits typically do last through age 67 for people who are afflicted by, by long COVID or any other disabling condition. That's why they're so valuable, because this is potentially income for somebody who might not ever be able to return to the workforce. 
Springer Ayeni says about half of her new clients these days are people suffering from long COVID. That includes Bay Area resident Grant Saunders, who's still awaiting word from the insurance company on whether his appeal for long-term disability benefits will be approved. I used to have confidence that, okay, no matter what happens, I can I can work. I can get a job. I can work hard and I can, you know, support myself and figure it out. And now that's not true. Saunders says the whole process has left him more vulnerable and anxious about his future. He says he can't imagine going through this alone and considers himself one of the lucky ones for having the support from family, friends, and his employer. For The California Report, I'm Keith Mizuguchi. And that's The California Report for Thursday, May 11th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for The California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.